0: Well, in lieu of the report yesterday by ESPN's Jonathan uh, Givney that the Golden State Warriors reportedly might want to move on from Jonathan Kaminga, I've got a specific name that the Warriors actually want in this year's NBA draft. And so I thought, naturally, let's bring on a quote unquote expert to give us the lowdown on the Thompson Twins and much more. Let's get into it. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors. Your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On
1: Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. You can follow Sam Ferris, who does a wide variety of draft coverage, including sometimes for Locked On uh, with the Locked On uh, uh, Big Draft Board. You can follow him on Twitter at Draft Dummies. You can follow me, Cyrus Otzes, on Twitter at DogSurfRoadShow. Sam, it's been a year since I've seen you. Great to have you on again. It's NBA draft season. How have you been? Um, and before we get started, promote away. I, I don't know if I got everything right in terms of what you're up to these days. Um, so tell the world how you're doing and, and what you're up to these <laughs> days and, and what, what work you're actually producing.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I I appreciate it. Always excited to talk the draft and talk Warriors. And I was even more excited when you had a little trade buzz to fill me in on. So that's (laughs) I'm excited to talk about that. And um, I'm excited to talk about the fit of that specific player on the Warriors. Uh, As for me, yeah, I do a little bit for Locked On and the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast. And then you can follow me on Twitter at Draft Dummies, whatever work I will post there. But especially we're just a week from the draft. So I'm posting a lot of clips, a lot of my thoughts on the draft, a lot of stats. And so uh, heavy doing all that because this is the big week leading up to it. So very fun, exciting time of the year, which is weird because the NBA season just ended. But the NBA is pretty much year round now. So a lot of fun and uh, excited to talk about it with you.
0: Absolutely, man. I mean, as some people say, this is the best part of the NBA season where they're not even playing and there's a lot of player movement, a lot of uh, in a window, a lot of gossip. Um, it's fun. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and, and if we have time at the end of the show, the, the trade you're referring to is possibly for Zion Williamson, who is unofficially but pretty obviously on the trade market. And I just thought of it today. I'm like, how would he fit on the Warriors? Can the Warriors get him? Is that a possibility? They do have assets. But we'll save that for the end of the show. Because right now, again, uh, uh, Jonathan Givney yesterday in his mock draft just riled up Dub Nation, especially on Twitter, by by adding a little sentence at the end of his projection for the number 19 pick, saying that the Warriors are looking to move uh, to move up in the draft. And one of the ways of doing so is by trading their lottery pick from two years ago, Jonathan Kaminga. Um, this, this has created a very polarizing discussion. A lot of people are shocked that Jonathan Kaminga is even on the trade market. Uh, maybe shocked is a strong word, but nonetheless, I mean, this is, was a very highly touted player just two years ago. So uh, here's what I've heard is the player that the Warriors actually want. And the player that they want is Oscar Thompson. Uh, You know, of the two brothers, I know Eamon is the bigger name, um, but Oscar is considered to be slightly more well-rounded, maybe Mm -hmm. a better defender. Um, And this is where I defer to you, Sam. Like what is, how in your opinion is Oscar Thompson? Could he be a good fit for the Warriors? Your thoughts on this whole situation? Because to me, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, this is really interesting. And I'll start it out with like a fun headline for Warriors fans. Uh, You know, when people are thinking about the draft, they like to hear player comparisons. Well, the comp most commonly associated with Asar Thompson is Andre Iguodala, and, th- and that that anytime you're a Warriors fan and you hear that name, that makes you excited. Ooh. And that Ooh. yeah, man, that's the man. type of that's... player that they they need back. Now, is he going to be that year one? Obviously not, but. The tools and the player type are there, and I think the fit's really good. So, starting from a high level, six foot six wing with a 6'11 wingspan, and I think from the wing position, I'd say there are two things that he does really, really well, or he projects to do really well in the NBA. The first is athleticism. Uh, I'd say he ranks in like the 95th percentile as an athlete in the NBA. Mm. So, really, really good. And then he he has really good feel for the game. He's a really good passer. And so when you talk about that combination of physical tools plus feel for the game and that passing from the wing position, that's where it's kind of easy to see the comp with a guy like Andre Iguodala. He's not as much of a score. He's not as much of a creator in the half court. He can do a little bit of those things, but he's... He's a really high-level athlete that likes to be a creator or likes to be a connector, excuse me, offensively. And so I think that fits in really well with what the Warriors need. They don't need another 25-point-per-game score. Um, they need someone that's going to fit in around Draymond, around Looney, and of course around Steph, Wiggins, Clay, and Jordan Poole. And they need a little bit more of that versatility on the wing that they used to have with Iguodala, with Livingston. Got part of it back with Wiggins, but they need a little bit more juice on the wing. And I think we've seen that the Warriors teams, when they're at their best, have wing players that have feel, that can play that beautiful game with Steph Curry, with Draymond Green. And he's a guy that has that rare combination of tools.
0: Um so it, let's say Oscar Thompson is the player they target and they draft him. I know you said this at the beginning of of your answer, uh but just to elaborate if you don't mind, mm-hmm. if the Warriors do pursue Oscar Thompson, um who's 20 years old, same age as Kaminga. I'm guessing he's probably close to a year younger. I don't I actually don't know what his birthday it is off the top of my head. I should have researched that. Sorry. Uh but close in age, maybe not so close in experience given Kaminga's played already in the NBA for 2 years. But if Oster, if this move does happen uh, and they do trade Jonathan Kaminga as part of a deal to move up in the draft and they get Oster Thompson or, or someone like him, um, although, again, Oscars who I'm hearing, could he play this year? Like, could he contribute this year? I mean, I mean, one, one problem with the Warriors is they're in this weird position where they have Steph still in his prime. They have a bunch of veterans. Um, you know, the, the championship window, some say, is still open, although I'm sure that's up for discussion as well. Uh, In your opinion, like if Oscar was drafted, could he contribute this year? We've seen rookies do it. Keegan Murray did it just for the Kings a year ago. I'm getting, you know, player like when Banyama undoubtedly is going to be playing next year, but Oscar Thompson, could he be NBA ready? Your thoughts.
1: So my first thought would be if the Warriors are trading up specifically for someone, it would be kind of weird if they just didn't play him at all. right? Like That that wouldn't make sense, Um, but specifically with Asar Thompson, yes i do think he could play the question would be uh, how well he shoots the ball because just the spacing in the half court and th- that's the main question with both thompson twins now Asar's further ahead of amen as a shooter he shot it better than him and he's got better form than his brother amen but just his ability to play offensively in the half court in the nba is the question mark but When you compare him with Jonathan Kaminga, the difference is that Kaminga fell out of the rotation in the playoffs because they couldn't trust him to rebound first and foremost. And just the small things that, you know, Kerr always talks about wanting Kaminga to be Sean Marion, right? To be that energy wing that's really talented, but does the small dirty things that help be, you know, the glue guy for the team. And Kaminga really has never been that guy. He's more of a guy that likes to score. He's not a very high-motor player. He has ridiculous physical tools. We can't argue Mm -hmm. that. But Asar has a much greater motor. Like, you're Mm. not going to have to plead for Asar to go rebound. That's what he's going to want to do. Asar is a really good defensive player. But what really separates them is Asar has good feel for the game on the wing. And, you know, at times Kaminga's look decent as a passer, but to me, there's, those are kind of more pre-programmed reads he makes. And with Kaminga, as Warriors fans have seen, the motor can run hot and cold. He just, he hasn't provided the rebounding that they've needed. And so I think those two things, the feel for the game, the passing, he does better than Kaminga. And also the motor for him is not a question mark like it is for Kaminga.
0: And that's interesting. And and I think just to add to that, and I don't know if you agree with me or not, but it, it seems like as long as Steve Kerr is the coach of this team and, and you're a player for him, uh, you need to know your role. And maybe that's part of the issue with Kaminga is this is someone who has always been a star until he came to the Warriors. And he's obviously had difficulties adjusting to a, 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 not, a role where he's not uh, full time. He's not part of the rotation whereas I can imagine Osser probably would accept that, especially as a rookie, um, not not to mention the, all the attributes you said, uh, the kind of things the Warriors maybe need more, defense, focusing on rebounding, um, the, the motor, where you're not falling asleep like like Kaminga did uh, in the second round on an offensive rebound, even though I hate bringing that up because that's what a lot of people bring up. It was just one play. But nonetheless, I mean, th- these, these things are adding up apparently uh, for Steve Kerr um, we're going to have a lot more to talk about when we come back. Sam, I'm so stoked you're you're on with me today uh, to talk about the Warriors. I didn't realize until uh, we were talking before we started recording this, you're a Warriors fan. And honestly, I like that that much yeah. more because it means you, are also, you also have a little bit of an emotional investment uh, with this team, <laughs> exactly. kind of like I do as well, where you try to be objective, but when they lose or when they struggle, it just freaking hurts, and I hate that. Um, yeah. So we'll have a lot more to talk about with the Warriors uh, and Sam Ferris after I give some love to game time, uh, a fantastic application pertaining to buying tickets. So whether, whether, you know, Sam, you're in Vegas. I know they have a lot of events there all the time uh, and, and maybe tickets are hard to come by sometimes. But if you're looking for tickets to events and you don't want to plan it ahead of time, you it's a last minute deal. That's where game time comes into play. They have deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. They get exclusive flash deals on tickets, whether it's for sports, concerts, comedy, theater you name it, they got it. And one of the best parts about Game Time is that they offer a low price guarantee, meaning if you buy your ticket from Game Time, then you see the same tickets uh, in the same row and section from another dealer, and you see those priced at a lower cost than what you paid for, they will refund the difference in fact they'll credit you 110 percent of the difference and that's called a low price guarantee so download the game time app create an account and use the code locked on nba for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms do apply again create an account and redeem the code locked on nba for 20 dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guarantee you are locked on warriors your daily Golden State Warriors podcast.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. For the everydayers, tomorrow on the show, Kylan Mills joins me again. Uh, we'll talk about all the latest going on with the Warriors. And also, we're going to get into that uh, perspective Zion Williamson trade, which I know is just, there's no meaning behind that. We have no idea if it's actually going to happen but it's something fun to talk about. The Warriors are potentially in the trade market, but right now I got Sam Ferris with me. You can follow him on Twitter at Draft Dummies, where he produces some phenomenal content uh, pertaining to player uh, evaluations, uh, draft content. And just to finish up, I'm curious to to know your opinion on this, Sam. Uh, Do you like the idea of the Warriors moving on from Jonathan Kaminga and drafting Oscar Thompson? Is that Is that a sideways move? Is that an upward move? Do you not like the idea? What are your personal thoughts on it?
1: I like the move from the Warriors' perspective because I think that other teams would value Kaminga more than the Warriors do. And, like, it's been two years now, and there were a lot of good signs from Kaminga. But, again, when it came down to the real minutes at the end of the year, they didn't really play in. So why not cash that in for... Either a future asset or a player that can help now, and again, like I just, I get back to the thing that is that the Warriors have been at their best when they play high field players that can connect and pass and can accentuate Steph Curry and Draymond Green. Like we saw a few years ago when they brought in guys like a Kelly Oubre that were more you know ISO based players that weren't very high IQ field players. That's when it hasn't really worked for the Warriors. And Kaminga's kind of in that mold. And that's not inherently like a bad thing, really. Like he can succeed in other environments. I just don't know that his fit around Curry, around Draymond and Clay, is really ideal for him. And apparently Steve Kerr hasn't really thought so either because he didn't play him in high leverage moments. And so I, I do just feel like Asar, if he hits what... You know, is projected of him as an NBA player. I do think it'll be helpful. I think it'll add another layer of kind of fun or something to evaluate his fans. And it's always fun to talk about, right? The draft and and new players on the roster. So it's exciting to talk about. And I think I'll also add in that at some point, Kaminga is going to have to get paid, right? And do the Warriors even really want to pay him on the next contract? Is another thing that they'll have to take into account with their money situation. So maybe yes. it's kind of looking two years into the future at this point and kind of resetting that clock with a similar young player that fits their system better.
0: Oh, that's a great point because you're right. Uh, those extensions are going to be coming up soon. Uh, where and that would be a, 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 a it'd be a dilemma for sure if you're the Warriors, where a year from now Kaminga would be eligible for a bit for his max extension and you probably want something like that and you and if you're the warriors and you're thinking to yourself do we give do we give that amount of money to them, 20 30 million a year yeah it's there's a lot of crazy stuff going on here if the warriors uh, stay with the number 19 pick uh, and I want to I don't, and there's one comment here that that I want to show real quick Sam uh, AB prep boy 33 writes I think Derek Lively could be a guy the warriors are after a seven footer who's defensive oriented and a top tier athlete Kristen Peak was on this show last week uh, and, and mentioned that Derek Lively is everything that the Warriors uh, and Dub Nation hoped that James Wiseman could be. Um, I don't know if you agree with that assessment or not, but uh, what, what are your thoughts on Lively and, and anyone? And I guess, who, and, and just to add to that, who do you think could fall to the Warriors if they keep the 19th pick? Uh, shoot away.
1: Well, you set me up perfectly. I'm, I'm glad you brought up that question because I wanted to talk about Derek Lively, Yes, And I'll echo those same sentiments. I think it's really interesting from a Warriors perspective because are the Warriors a little gun-shy with drafting a big because of what happened with James Wiseman? Are they a little bit worried about a similar situation happening? But to me, no. Like If Derek Lively is there, that's probably who I'm taking at 19. And the reason why is because he provides a lot of the strengths that people thought Wiseman would have. AKA defensive rim protection and size, but he's a more sophisticated, more consistent rim protector than Wiseman ever was. Hmm. But offensively, he's not going to try to do too much. He's not going to be trying to post up. He's not going to be shooting fadeaways. A lot of the things that turned off Warriors fans, like he's a high field player. Like he'll make passes that are pretty surprising for a guy his size, but at the same time, he, he keeps it simple. He's going to roll to the rim. He's going to dunk. He's going to maybe make the easy drop-off pass. But again, he's not posting up. He's not dribbling the ball up the court. Um, he's not shooting fadeaways out of the midpost. He's not holding the ball for five seconds, trying to decide what to do, but really grinding down the offense. So just simplifying the game offensively compared to what Wiseman was, but he's got more feel both on offense and defense. And again, That's huge for the Warrior system. But he is the rim protector that people thought James Wiseman was. And if you look at uh, Derek Lively's block rate as a freshman in college, it's up there with the best over the last 20 years. It's up there with Anthony Davis and Jaron Jackson. And so that's like kind of what you're looking at. And the guy that I'll compare him to, not one for one, but you look at Walker Kessler last year, Who's the guy that if there was a redraft today, he would be going a lot higher than he went last year?
0: I picked him last year in our mock draft. Just a side note. Go ahead. We would have been
1: fantastic. And so I think a guy like him really succeeding helps a guy like Lively, you know, his stock this year potentially. So again, I'm interested. I would be interested to see like how do the Warriors treat that because of the whole Wiseman situation. But to me, he's what they hoped he would be but a better fit and just trying to do a little bit less offensively.
0: And, 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 you know, again, I wanted Derek Lively in the locked on mock draft. Uh, He wasn't available, unfortunately. Um, But I agree with you, man, especially that, that workout he did a few weeks back really impressed scouts um, where originally some people thought he could fall to 19, although, and and now his stock is rising. Um, I'm going to throw a few names out there to you that I've, I've, heard Link with the Warriors for the number 19th pick. Um, I picked Jalen hood shafino personally in the locked-on mock draft, and that's coming out today. Um, I think if he falls to 19, that'd be a fantastic pick for him. Uh, I've seen names like Kobe Bufkin uh, uh, being picked by the Warriors, Leonard Miller, Jet Howard. Um, in your opinion, uh, besides Derek Lively, who probably won't make it to 19, I don't know, You're you're the expert on this, yeah. not me, uh, but what other names other names, are there out there that you've seen that you really like that the Warriors could draft with the 19th pick?
1: Man, it, it's hard to know because the draft is such a crapshoot after like the top 10, even the lottery. So it's hard to know who's going to even be there at 19. Like you said, Lively likely will not. I'd say it's less than a 50% chance, but I saw a mock draft today where he lasted into the 20s. So you never really know. True. Um, but you mentioned a couple different guards. Jalen Hood, Shafino, Just a really quick scouting report for him, like a combo guard with good size. And his kind of uh, main skill is his pull up in the mid range, a very good mid range shooter, but can facilitate out of the pick and roll too. He's a freshman out of Indiana. Um, Kobe Bufkin, another Big Ten player out of Michigan. He's got a little more experience. He played two years at Michigan, really struggled as a freshman and then made a huge leap as a sophomore. Another combo guard, he's he's better as a slasher and more advanced defensively at this time. And I think his game's more re- well-rounded. I, I like him a little bit better than Hood Shafino myself. Um, I'll give you a couple other names uh, of guys that I would either like or watch out for. So Please. I've got my own bold, board pulled up. You mentioned Jet Howard. So we're doing all Big Ten guys right now. He's out of Michigan as well. A guy that had a really awesome start to his freshman season, then had some nagging injuries with ankle stuff. Um, I I really like him. I have him higher. I have him in my lottery. I have him 13th on my board because at six foot eight, he's a fluid athlete who's a really good shooter, really good shot maker, and so and like he's a high field player who I think could fit in with the Warriors too. My only question there would be, is there a little bit of overlap with Pat Baldwin, who they drafted last year, another big shooter? So right. you could make that argument there. A guy that, a guy that I really like who is out of the Bay Area is Brandon Podjemski out of Santa Clara.
0: I've heard he's, that name too. Yeah, he's, he's so projected to fall a little lower though, correct? He's
1: projected to fall a little lower. This is probably the beginning of his range. He played a year at Illinois, and then a year at Santa Clara. And from an analytical or statistical perspective, like he really looks fantastic. He checks out in a lot of different ways. What's crazy is as a combo guard, he led the WCC in rebounding by like over a rebound per game. Wow. Uh, But a a very good score, a very good passer uh, at six foot four, a combo guard, and just a high field player who... I think his ceiling is higher than other people kind of envision it. And so he's a guy that, you know, I attach my name to. I think I have him higher than other people, and he's a guy that I consider one of my favorite prospects in this class. And on top of that, I just think, again, like his IQ, his feel, I think he could come in and do a lot of what Jordan Poole does as a combo guard. So if I were GM, one of the things I'd be looking at is – Trading Jordan Poole, which I know wasn't one of the topics on today's pod, and maybe replacing that with the production of a guy like Buffkin or a guy like Brandon Podjemski. That's kind of another way that you can reset the clock maybe and maybe reduce your salary as well. So those are a couple guys that I would keep an eye on in that range. Again, I like a lot of those names. Of the ones you mentioned, though, I would have Lively first. And then I'd have Podjemski and Bufkin kind of very similarly uh, after Lively. Um, But any of those three names would be exciting. Uh, But most exciting would be if they were to actually trade up on on draft night, as you've hinted at.
0: Absolutely. And and one last name real quick, just because my buddy Larry Kruger loves this guy. uh, Mm -hmm. And that's Kristen Vucevic, if I pronounce his name correctly, out of Serbia, I believe um seven footer he's projected to go uh in the second round but he impressed at the combine your your quick thoughts on him
1: yeah i don't think he'd be a guy they'd take at 19 but we've seen them buy second round picks in the past and there's a lot of teams that have multiple second round picks and you think some of those would get sold or traded to other teams you can't do that anymore unfortunately or at least the warriors uh,
0: because of their situation in this new CBA can't buy picks anymore. It sucks. But
1: well, maybe you could trade for one of those. Yeah, maybe you could trade. Picks, That's true. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but he really impressed at the combine. Was one of the best players there. Elite shooter with size for a center. I think he. I think he's only going to be a five at the next level. I don't know that athletically he's good enough to be like a four or play on the wing. Like he, he is a big. He doesn't move you know well enough to switch probably across different positions but to get that shooting at the five would be really exciting and again he was one of the best players i saw at the combine so right as a second round flyer i i wouldn't hate that at all
0: yeah and, and rich dub uh, yes uh, at least the majority of those cba rules are in effect immediately which is the reason why the warriors can use the mid-level exception for example uh, well, I have you here, Sam, by the way, uh, some breaking news. I mean, it, it, this happened about two hours ago, but uh, I missed this uh, before we came on the show and AC uh, wrote in the chat and I had to look this up and it's true. It's confirmed uh, that Jamamala Layla, who is I believe number two on the depth chart in terms of assistant coaches uh, after um, uh, Kenny Atkinson is leaving the Warriors and going back to the Toronto Raptors where he was previously an assistant or ha- had a role there and um, Jama Malalela, uh I believe was with the Santa Cruz Warriors for a little bit. Um, I I heard one report that he was in charge of managing um the 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 rotations like Kerr had tasked him with uh you know like like observing minute rotations, substitution patterns. And that was an issue for the Warriors this year. Now from my research, Kenny Atkinson, is the one that I would like to see leave, just because he's a very heavy analytics guy, and and that influence I thought had a negative impact on mm-hmm. Steve Kerr. But that's that's I digress, and that's my opinion on it. Um, any opinion from you? You you follow the Warriors? I mean, that's that is news. Jamal Malalela is out as the as an assistant coach of the Golden State Warriors. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, it was surprising, and some Raptors people I followed were excited because he helps develop young players. Toronto's trying to go even younger again, it seems like, so that they could use that development ability on their bench. And I think the tweet I read, I can't remember if it was Shams that tweeted it or Woj or someone said that he had worked with Kaminga and with Wiggins a little bit, maybe Pool as well. So yeah, some of the young players, I think he worked maybe with Wiseman when he was with the team too. So uh, yeah, I mean, the Warriors have had a lot of turnover in the coaching staff over the last you know, two years or so.
0: Yeah, I, I, um, I don't
1: mean to make this political or make
0: this, uh, controversial in any regard, but um, there isn't exactly a lot of diversity on that staff. So, uh, with Jama leaving, I do hope that, uh, that is taken into consideration in terms of who who you hire next. Uh, the all-white, um, is, uh, coaching staff. I don't know. It just looks weird to me. It's not a great optic, and and I personally believe in opportunities for for all so um and equity certainly so i wh- whoever is the replacement i i personally hope that's taken into consideration um what are your thoughts let's let's finish up the show on a, on a light-hearted note uh mm-hmm. zion williamson who's been in the- <laughs> i guess before i get into that any final thoughts on the draft sam any final thoughts on oscar thompson possibly uh being a new warrior i know this is all conjecture right now but um look it's it's the, my insider who told me this, he's been very accurate. He's very in tune with the Warriors. So it so me hearing that Osser is on the radar doesn't surprise me, or it would have surprised me if he ended up being drafted after, after hearing that he's on the radar. Any final thoughts on the Warriors trading Kaminga to move up? Uh, stick with the 19th pick. Any last thoughts
1: before we quickly talk about Zion to the Warriors? So my thought would be, Hearing them, the rumor of them trading up surprises me a little bit because I would have thought maybe they'd use Kaminga to trade for either a star or a vet. So that part of it surprises me. The part of the actual player that they're targeting in Asar Thompson, if they were to move up, that doesn't surprise me. To me, that fits the mold. Again, when when I hear Andre Iguodala as a comparison, like, I loved Iguodala. He's probably my second favorite warrior of all time. And, and that's the kind of player type that they need. His athleticism, his feel and passing that infusion on the wing would be ideal for them. And like we talked about, maybe resetting the clock on that rookie contract might make sense. Uh, so I think, you know, in parts, yeah, it's surprising. In other parts, in terms of the actual target, I think it makes a lot of sense.
0: All right, well, there you go. So, um, and then we'll move on from that. Uh, And, and you're correct, Bruce Burrow. Mike Brown was there for a number of years, but he's not there now. And in a sport where, I'm, I, and again, I'm not trying to make this controversial, but in a sport where over 80% of the players are African-American, and there are plenty of brilliant minds out there, you don't have to take the lesser talent uh, just to diversify your coaching staff. I refuse to acknowledge that argument, but uh, I'm not trying to make this a controversial take, I but I do think, it is horrible uh, in terms of optics, in terms of equal opportunity to have a coaching staff that is all white when you're in the NBA. That's that's just just my opinion on it. It's just not a good look. Um, and so, but let's talk about uh, Zion, who is on the trade market, who um, has been in the news for, in my opinion, the wrong reasons lately. Yeah. When you when you when you have a lot of porn stars who claim a relationship with you and they're airing out all their dirty laundry just isn't a good look in general. He's been incredibly injury prone. I think we all agree that as a talent, uh, he's incredibly bright uh, or not bright. I'm sorry. He's, he's just, he's incredibly talented. He's an incredibly good player. Uh, if the Warriors can get Zion Williamson, let's say it, the trade could be Clay Thompson uh, because Joe Lacob did come out, not come out, but it was reported in the athletic that the Warriors are willing to trade anyone, not named Stephen Curry. Uh, is there so – is Clay Thompson going too far? Um, would it need to be Jordan Poole and Kaminga, uh, some picks? Um, would you like the idea of Zion Williamson? Colin Mills and I will get into this much more tomorrow, but your thoughts, Sam, on Zion Williamson uh, going to – being traded to the Warriors. Would you like that move?
1: My thought would be that if you guarantee me he's going to play, that he's not going to be injured and he's actually on the court, then, yeah, like that would be awesome – uh, his offensive gravity and skill combined with Steph would would be awesome. Uh, but that just hasn't really been the case. Like he just hasn't played enough. Uh, a lot of that's injuries. And then a lot of it's just kind of a big question mark with him too, of why isn't he playing at, at this point? <laughs> and look, I loved him as a prospect coming in. And I loved him as a player when he has played. Um, but I, ju- I just don't think that the Warriors would be in a spot where you know, they're already old enough. Their core is old enough. They need to kind of supplement the core with guys that they know are actually going to be available to play. So I don't know that that fit would be the best, Um, but I'll throw it back to you like this because there's been a lot of Brad Beal talk as well. Yeah. Would you rather the Warriors, if they were to trade for a star, there's other guys we could throw in too, but these have been the two guys talked about recently. Would you rather trade for Bradley Beal or for Zion? Uh, if you had to pick one of those two stars, I guess.
0: I go Zion all day, yeah. every day. I, I I love Bradley Beal as a player, but his addition would be a bit redundant. Um, yeah. now, I guess it depends on who you're giving up for him, right? Yeah. Uh, if you're giving up the exact same package, regardless, I'm going to go Zion, even with the injury risks, partly because I Rick Celebrini has actually proven to be a solid a uh, uh, leader of the medical staff for the Warriors, man, they have not been dealing with excessive injuries since he's taken over. Since he's taken over, you've seen players who have injury histories who play year-round. Kevon Looney, I think, is the is the prime example of that. Um, so, I, so I would have some faith in Celebrini's staff in keeping Zion healthy and keeping his weight down. I think the culture would come into play there as well. That seems to be a huge part of the problem with Zion. Is that I, I don't think he has a, a healthy structure around him to maintain discipline um and the Warriors would at least provide that uh that's my thought on it but I'm not I'm not not gonna sit here and, and argue on a on a mountain over that either what are your thoughts what do you think Sam
1: I mean if your thoughts about the culture really impacting him positively were to take place then yeah like I would like him if it were more of like a low risk bet where you didn't have to give up so much but I think he still is such a talented player that some team is going to give up a lot of assets for him if he does come on the trade market. And I just don't know if I'm the Warriors, if I'd be the team to uh, outbid all the other teams on a guy like Zion. Again, because they just already have a lot of old players like Steph and Draymond, missed games. Clay has missed a lot of time. They need guys that are actually going to play in the regular season to make sure their seeding is good enough in the Fair. playoffs. <laughs> and so I probably wouldn't trade for either Beal or Zion uh, at this point but I I would try to find like a pool trade with uh with maybe a Kaminga would be kind of my different way of going about it that sounds good yeah um and
0: before we go a couple comments I want to address real fast um Gogo writes or Gago writes Wiggins and pool for Beal and Kuzma the problem with that proposal is Kuzma is virtually impossible to come to the Warriors uh, because he's a free agent, because the Warriors are in such a miserable uh, uh, luxury tax situation with the cap that they can't uh, uh, legally involve themselves in any sign-in trades. And that's the only way you can get Kuzma. Um, so that is virtually an impossibility. Otherwise, I would be I would be interested. I think Kuzma would be a great fit for the Warriors, actually. Um, Rich Dubb writes... Uh, and Sam, jump in if you have any opinions on these as well. Uh, Rich Dub writes, I don't know why you trade when it, when it doesn't relieve the salary cap issues. Well, and, and Joel Lacob in that same article in The Athletic last week, uh, reportedly will not let money impact uh, roster decisions. So um, I, he said previously he doesn't want to go above $400 million, but um, now apparently he might. And and that's huge. That's great news, if that's true. So um, I, we're, we're going to talk about roster moves regardless of money if it legally works in the salary cap so uh and last one matt brotherton writes uh what do we need to do to get steve kerr to come on the podcast steve kerr uh i mean look he did a podcast with draymond green uh he does a i think a bi-weekly radio hit with 95.7 the game the warriors flagship station during the season but he doesn't do a lot of interviews otherwise but you never know i'm gonna make a lot i'm gonna make my presence uh at chase center a lot more consistent this upcoming year. I'm going to go to a lot more games and I'll tr- I'll go for that. It would be fascinating, but I'll tell you this, it's not going to be I don't think it'll be as entertaining as people would imagine just cuz Steve Kerr's a master at avoiding answering hard questions. Um he gives he's brilliant with non-answers. And I guarantee if I ask him hard questions, he would just he would give his he would give spins. That's all he would give and and I would have to turn into a total a-hole if I'm going to be inquisitive and and just follow up follow up follow up and and, you know, so you, it's just he's brilliant at what he does. And part of that includes him avoiding difficult questions. Uh, any, Sam, any final thoughts from you on what I just said or uh, anything about
1: uh, the Warriors in general? Your final thoughts, sir? Are- I'll just leave on a cliffhanger of uh, we talked about stars I would trade for. I think the one that would make the most sense that I've thought about would be Pascal Siakam that I would try to trade Ooh. for. So I'll leave that as kind of my Warriors take cliffhanger. I like his fit better. And uh, I think he might be gettable with what Toronto's going to be going through this offseason, potentially potentially uh, restarting, kind of restocking their shelves. Uh, to talk, we've talked about the Warriors resetting their clock. I think the Raptors are kind of needing to look in the mirror and doing that as well. Well,
0: and, and I think the coaching hire uh, symbolizes that, right? They're kind of yeah. they're shifting gears a little bit and going to go into rebuild. Pascal Siakam would be phenomenal. I've been advocating for him to come on the Warriors for years, but the Raptors just have not been willing, but now they might. Yeah. So yeah. that is tantalizing, sir. <laughs> I love it. Sam, You could uh, people can follow you on Twitter at Draft Dummies. Uh,
1: anything else uh, you want to promote before we call it a wrap? Uh, nope, that was it. Just follow me on Twitter. I'll link everything there over the next week, and then I'll be at Summer League as well, talking Ooh, about nice. all the rookies. That's, to me, probably my favorite time of the year. I've been going uh, every year for six, seven years now. So really looking forward to that. But we got the draft in a week. So if you want the scoop and uh, just get to know the prospects more over the next week, go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Draft Dummies. I love it. Sam, thank you so much. Let's make this more of a regular thing.
0: Uh, I'll reach out to you again soon. Uh, follow Sam on Twitter at Draft Dummies. Sam Ferris, thank you, my man. That was, a, that was awesome. Thank you. Have a great day. And thank everyone else. And so we're back at it tomorrow. We're talking. Uh, we're going to talk about that Jamal Malalela decision because that might be bigger than you think, uh, and other trade possibilities and so much more. Thank you, everyone. Follow the program on Twitter at Locked On Dubs. Awesome, man. That was great.